like you were around here is treated like a god. I mean, how can you ever find out what he could really do? I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. The Keeping the Nostalgia Live show is sponsored by The Dunk Collection. The Dunk Collection connects sports-minded individuals to basketball-inspired home products meticulously designed to help combat life's most mundane chores. Dirty clothes on the floor? Put a dirty dunk on the door. The Dirty Dunk is the original over-the-door basketball hoop laundry hamper designed to make laundry a slam dunk. Do you have a messy office? Try a document dunk, the original trash can basketball stand designed for those who compete in the corporate arena. You're just one shot away from turning your cubicle into the corner office you deserve. Bath time blues? Make bath time fun with the Scrub-A-Dunk, the original basketball hoop for baby ballers. Attached to the tub and Scrub-A-Dub-Dub. The Dunk Collection, making boring chores a slam dunk. Basketball courts. They are a big part of the game. And sometimes all we can get is just a little piece of it. Indiana has a great tradition of putting legendary teams on the court, and you can put a legendary court in your home or business. Whether you're looking for a motivational or marketing piece to advertise your business, or a family court to pass down to your kids someday to your favorite high school team, we would like to help you make a realistically scaled Maplewood court for you. From personal wants or even a high school raffle, school admins, this means you. Please visit us at facebook.com backslash minicourts, M-I-N-I-C-O-U-R-T-S, for more details on what we can do. Athletic directors, business owners, or fans alike, please get in touch and like our page. Court sizes are 29 by 19 inches for high school and 32 by 19 for college and pro. We are working on parquet floors as well. We also want to make sure your school gets their share, so we want to work with them to give them their cut. So check us out at Land of Many Basketball Courts at facebook.com backslash M-I-N-I-C-O-U-R-T-S. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I'm your host, Billy Powell. Um, you can go to keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com and you can listen to all of our archived interviews with uh, uh, Indiana high school basketball legends. Anything to do with the game of high school basketball or the game of basketball in the state of Indiana, you can go there. You can uh, download our uh, podcast. You can listen to them, share them, whatever you'd like to do. I mean, we have people on there from you know Rick Mount, Kent Benson, uh, just you know just to name a few. But I think we're on. I think this is our hundred and thirtieth show. But uh, uh, with uh, further, no further ado, I have a state championship basketball coach for the Lagodi Lions. Uh, I, I, he also played in the Final Four in 74-75 in the uh, Indiana High School Basketball State Tournament. Uh, coach Mike Wagner is with us. Coach Wagner, thank you for taking some time. Uh, I know it's the holiday season and taking some time and out of your schedule to uh, help keep the nostalgia alive and share your memories of this great game of uh, basketball from the state of Indiana. That's my pleasure. Uh, I I was just excited when you called, and uh, I was just like, the, you know, thinking about what to say. But I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have a lot to say before this is over with. Uh, so, so where were you born at? Where, where were you born? Were you born in Indiana? I was born right here in Lagodi, believe it or not. Um, 
back in those days, if you didn't make it to the hospital, the doctor came to the house and delivered you, and that's exactly <laughs> what he did. <laughs> so I was—I guess I was one of the lucky ones. I don't know. So, so who introduced you to the game of basketball, and what are your kind of your first memories of the game? Well, I think when I was in third or fourth grade, um, we had still had Lagodi St. John's and Lagodi High School, of course, two separate schools. And uh, I remember going to a game in the old St. John's High School gym, and I was just I was just enamored with the atmosphere, watching the players, the excitement, uh, the crowd. And uh, my, my my very first memory of an exciting game was um, watching. John O'Malley and Steve Barrett go at it. Steve Barrett played at Otwell, and John O'Malley, as you know, played at Army later on and played for Bobby Knight. But I saw two of the quickest guards I'd ever seen in my life play each other uh, one-on-one, and it was just a shootout. I mean, they were so good, so quick. They could shoot. I mean, if there was a three-point line back in those days, they would average 30 points a game. That's how good they were. And that was really my first uh, big game of remember seeing, yeah. And what what were some of your did did you have did you was basketball your 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 first game first sports first first sporting thing that you were introduced to uh, baseball well, no, or what Yeah, I, well, Lagodi's been known you know for basketball and baseball. Um, I, I I really thought basketball was going to be you know the ultimate, but I I did play baseball four years in high school, but basketball is where it started. Um, you know, I played up through the grades and. It's just when you when you were a little kid in Lagodi, uh, if you didn't play basketball, you just didn't play any sports at all. I mean, we just we we we, we lived through it growing up, and uh, I can remember watching all the the older players, you know, go through the system. And uh, if you were a little boy in Lagodi, you wanted to wear a jersey that had Lagodi across the top of your shirt. There. Do you recall your first game that you went and saw at Lagodi? And uh, can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere and and? Um, what, and- yeah, and, and I tell you, um, one of the biggest memories I have of, of being, you know, a younger kid, close to sixth, seventh, eighth grade, junior high, whatever, uh, was playing in a game in the old um, Lagodi High School gym right there at JFK Avenue. Uh, it was um, one of those junior high games. It's probably my, I don't know if I remember, but my first introduction to Coach Butcher. Um, he would always sit in the balcony upstairs. You know how the old gym used to be. You had a balcony and a stage and all that. But he would sit upstairs, and I think I was in seventh grade. And, and back then, I mean, if you didn't go to a ball game on a Thursday night or a Friday or Saturday night for high school, um, you know, you weren't you weren't a fan. But the, the games were always crowded. The junior high games, believe it or not, were packed. I mean, they were just wall-to-wall people. And I could remember playing a game. And uh, right before halftime, this particular game, I hit a half-court shot, and I looked around, and I looked upstairs, and there was Coach Butcher just sitting there as quiet as could be and just calm as could be, you know, just watching. And I thought, there's a guy I'm going to play for one of these days. And, I, you know, it was kind of exciting that he was there, but he was always there, and it was kind of, kind of a neat thing to see. Did that, give you a, a, did that give you a different, a more confidence, knowing that uh, a Butcher or Coach Butcher would be at some of those games when you, when you would play? Well, it, Honestly, I don't think remember. I remember thinking that, but all I remember is that he was there, and I thought it was. I thought it was just pretty cool that he was watching. Um, I mean, he, you know, he had a hand in all the all the the basketball, you know, practices growing up in summertime, and him and Coach Nante just you know, led us through uh, all the summertime practices. But uh, when when he took an interest in you, you knew that there, you know there might be some uh, there may be maybe some luck that you could play for him someday, and 
uh, we had some very successful junior high teams all the way through the grades. And I can only remember losing three or four games from fifth grade on up to freshman year. But it was just fun to watch um, those kind of games. And I, I remember, of course, if you've ever been to go to the old JFK gym, it's not very big. But uh, it's, it's just amazing to me how crowded those gyms were on a Thursday night for a junior high ball game. It was just wall-to-wall people. And you really don't get that much anymore around here, but you did back in those days. Before getting to high school, did you was it all about Lagodi basketball, or were you kind of did you take in what else was going on in the state of Indiana in high school basketball? Well, you know, it really was. You were you were just enthralled with playing for Lagodi and uh, the Friday night, Saturday night ball games. You you know, everybody went. That's all there was to it. You know, when you have a have a gym that holds over four thousand people and your population's right at two thousand, that's kind of crazy. But the gym was always crowded and. I I was just that was that was our whole our whole life growing up. Um, you didn't I mean I didn't worry about Barry or Shoals or Washington or anybody else around the area. But boy, when we played them, we really you know we we really got into it. The, the rivalries were always there, and uh, you know growing up, you didn't hate those teams, but you didn't want to be friends with them. But it's <laughs> amazing how when you when you get older, how many friends I have that live in Montgomery and Barry and. You know, a lot of respect for those people in, in Shoals in Washington. And uh, you and you learn as you grow. I mean, when you're kids, the most important thing is what's going on right then and there. But as you get older, you see the, you know, you see the big picture. You know, AAU wasn't around back then, or it was just getting ready to get no. st- getting ready to get started. So what, right. uh, wh- how did you, did you have a hoop at the house? Or, you know, besides your, your junior high teams before getting to Logoti High School, I mean, wh- where, where did you play your ball? Who did you play your ball with? And, and, and how did you, you know, hone your skills for uh, just getting ready to start well, in high school? That's funny that you bring that up. I remember going to a neighbor's house who actually lived about, 500 feet across the Dave Martin Davis County line, and he and he actually went. To, we'd go to his house and play uh, on Friday nights during the summer or in the spring because he had the only goal with a light, and there there must have been 15, 20 people there waiting just to play five on five, and that's that's where you really learn to play basketball. I don't call it street basketball, but that's where you really learn to play. And and we had the old uh, the youth centers where kids would go, you know, and hang out. We had two basketball goals, and you had to wait in line to play. I mean, we played. From the time it opened at like five o'clock after school until ten o'clock, and we had to go home at night. And uh, it was just one of those things where that's that's what you did. You played outside, um, and and you picked up games. And I remember playing with older kids when I was a young kid, probably just just almost getting to high school, playing with the likes of Bill Drake and and Junior T and Bill Butcher on the outdoor courts. And uh, those were the things we did besides AAU back in those days. And you know, we did have summer practice, and you did have some summer games, but nothing like it is now. Did you play in the snow? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can remember shoveling shoveling the snow off uh, middle of January and uh, taking off your jacket with long sleeves, but you had gloves on because your hands got cold and you still played. I mean, we it, it just didn't stop. And uh, you know, you can ask any kid that grew up in Lagoda at my age. We did that a lot of times. Just get that snow off and, and make sure the ball had enough air in it. Uh, at that young age, did you follow any professional basketball teams? Did you follow any college teams? Um. Well. I mean, you're always an IU fan, but I can remember, true, too, growing up in high school, uh, you know, back then, I think, if I remember right, it was Mel Daniels and all those guys for the Pacers, but uh, I, I really don't remember watching a lot of it on TV, because it wasn't on TV, and I don't remember really reading about it in papers. All all our focus was on, you know, centered around what we did at school, what we did in the games, 
uh, it was just baseball, basketball, and it was year-round. I mean, we did it all the time. And so down south, did you lean towards St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan, or were you a Reds fan? Oh, no, we were Cardinal fans. <laughs> through, through, and, uh, except for my mother. She was the biggest Johnny Bench fan there ever was, and I never could understand that. She uh, she just really liked the Reds and Johnny Bench, and uh, my older brother was a Dodger fan. But besides that, we were all Cardinal fans. And then as you got older, you know, uh, and, and the pros started to be – the, the pro game started to be a little more on TV with big Boston Celtics fans, of course, Larry Bird and, you know, and all that. But uh, we just, uh, you know, we, we followed what was local. So so were you, what, once, what were your expectations when you started your freshman year at Lagodi? I mean, were you kind of chomping at the bit or uh, uh, nervous? And, and tell us about that first, you know, uh, the, the, your freshman year at Lagodi. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you get in high school, course back those in those days you had a lot of a lot of competition for uniforms and playing time and uh you were a freshman it was very rare that you would that you would play varsity let alone dress a game or two um but my freshman year uh i split time between the freshman team and the junior varsity team and then there was one game i never i'll never forget as long as i live we're playing petersburg before they consolidated for pike central and um I didn't play the JV game. I think we kind of blew them out. I was saving quarters, I guess. And Coach Butcher said for me to get a uniform. And I'm like, I guess he meant varsity. So I put on a varsity uniform and would go out and warm up. I was so excited, I forgot the warm-up routine. You know, you have a routine, you do drills and warm-up. I was all over the place. I was just lost. And I was, like, so excited to be out there. And uh, throughout the course of the game, of course, you know, we're, we're beating them pretty easily, maybe 15, 20 points. You get to the fourth quarter and uh, – Coach Butcher had everybody in the game but me. And I'm sitting there at the end of the bench, you know, just wide-eyed and looking and thinking about, I'm going to get in the game here soon, you know. He come down, pat me on the head. He said, hang in there, kid. And that was it. <laughs> that, was my, that was my learning experience, you know. And uh, I, I wasn't mad. I was just glad to dress, you know, and be on the game in the varsity game. But uh, that was my varsity experience as a freshman. Now, as a sophomore, it was a little different. You know, I, I uh, earned my, uh, my letter, and, and, you know, I played. I was uh, – probably the first guard off the bench that year went to the state it was a lot of fun it's exciting but that freshman year you know it's always a learning experience especially back in those days what was were you, were your expectations of what coach butcher was going to be like were they fulfilled or were tell us about his coaching style and and, and what he was like no i mean i'm not i'm not saying he was a bobby knight type but when you went through junior high and you watched coach butcher coach you knew what you had to do to play you knew that you uh, you had to follow directions. You had to listen. You had to be a team player. You had to be fundamentally sound. That's that's exactly what he expected out of you. And you know he coached that way. And you know there's a reason why he has 806 wins at a small school like this because he he did it the right way. And you expected to uh, you're expected to play that way once you got your uniform. And uh, if you didn't, and if you didn't do all those things, you weren't going to play. But um, my expectations of what he wanted and what I was going to do were exactly the same. I mean, I knew what I had to do growing up. And uh, I knew if I was going to play varsity basketball for Coach Butcher and at Ligoti, I had to do all these things and do them well. What were, your, what were some of your favorite places to play or uh, places that you guys played that you really didn't like? Well, without a doubt, I hated going to Bar E because it was, it was just such a big game. And we always, back in those days, had a – I had a home and away game with the same team, um, but it wasn't that I didn't hate, that I didn't like them. I just hated going to their gym. It was small, it was it was compact, but 
It was always packed. And uh, the one good thing about the Bar Eve Gym, though, and I never understood this, is that you could always jump off the floor. I mean, I, you could just jump out of the gym. And um, I, I can say this, you know, I can say this with a lot of pride. I never lost a game as a player, Bar Eve as a basketball player. But, uh, you, you know, you know, fast forward now, they're, they're one of the better teams always out of southern Indiana, and uh, we've lost a few. But uh, that was one place I didn't like to play. But I tell you, the, the place I love to play the most, and you probably heard this before, was the Hatchet House in Washington. Um, you know, you had seven teams in the sectional. It holds over 7,000 people. And when you walk in, you have about, oh, 1,500 people cheering for you, and you've got 6,000 people yelling against you. And that really, I tell you what, that didn't pump you up as a player. Nothing did. Coach, were you a part of the uh, Larry Bird game? Uh, I was a freshman. Um, I remember the game very well. We, I, I do believe our JV team lost in double overtime, um, and it was just packed by then. And you couldn't even you couldn't even stand behind the bleachers or stand behind the bench. But when the game JV game was over and they were warming up, I can remember looking around. They were like three deep at the top of the gym, and that, and that gym is just a little bit smaller than ours, although it's built the same way, and. You, normally the JV sat behind the varsity on the uh, bleachers. We had to sit on the floor. That's how packed that game was. But I remember it, and uh, it was just one of those classic games, you know, where uh, we found a way to win. It was amazing we did, but we, we found a way to win that one. You know, while you were playing at Lagodi during high school, did what – what dreams or what what uh, what did you did you did you even think you were going to coach the game or what what did you think you were going to do in life uh, while you were in high school? Well, I, I knew my senior year, right before I graduated, I knew I wanted to do two things. I wanted to come back to Lagodi and coach someday, and I wanted to come back and teach. Um, I went to school. I went actually I went to ISU for a semester, uh, and Bird was there, and I. Try, I tried out with a team that's a walk-on, made it to the last three days of practice, and what they did is they put you in groups of five, so there were three teams of five, last 15 players, and um, we had the last day of, of tryouts, and we all made it, and you know everybody felt good, and next day we come looked on, on the bulletin board, and they just said they regret to say that you know they weren't going to keep anybody, they had enough and all that, but anyway, um, I um, got kind of discouraged and I set out for a semester, and then I transferred to a small college in Virginia called Averett College. It's like it's like uh, Division Three, kind of like Hanover. And Mike Sandifar was coaching there. He used to coach at Pike Central, which he's now at Oakland City. But he was there, and I went out there and played four years. Uh, had a great time. Met some great people. You know, just to get away from this little town and experience life was was really neat. But uh, got got my got my degree and came home and. Uh, I worked for about a year, then I got my, my teaching job at Lagodi and started out in the junior high level, and uh, I was there for five or six years, and then freshman coach three or four years, and then junior varsity coach for, I don't know, 19, 20 years. And then uh, once Coach Butcher retired and Coach Brett was uh, hired, uh, I just waited my time and then finally got to coach the varsity level in 2008. But I always wanted to coach here. I knew that because, I, 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 you know, the system – was run right, and I knew how things were going to work. Um, I had a, I, you know, I had a lot of fun, a lot of success at the junior high level and, and, and the JV level. But you know, coaching the varsity was the ultimate. So, was it your senior year that you guys went to the uh, Final Four? No, it was my sophomore year, okay. uh, and nineteen, and 
I do believe it was the very first time they had the Final Four at Market Square Arena because I remember when we were playing there, anytime you fell fell down in the lane, you got blue paint all over you because I guess they had, you know, it's done that the night before. And I remember going up and practicing the day before, and uh, it was cold in there because they had a hockey game on Friday night. And we had to wear jackets because it was cold in there. And then, of course, I guess they just painted the floor either late that night or whatever because when you fell, you got blue paint on you. But it was neat. It was, it was a neat experience. Um, you know, little Agote comes out and plays in Columbus North, and they're six seven, six seven, six, and we're barely six three, five eleven, five ten, and we beat them fifty to twenty seven. I can I can remember like it was yesterday, and we just they, people were just dumbfounded how we could do that. But uh, kind of met our match with Mickey, and they were pretty tough. And t- tell us about those steps to get to the Final Four, and you know, uh, it, what are your memories of it today? Or do you, you guys, you know, uh, ifs and buts were candies and nuts, but you know. Well, it's it's kind of crazy that you say that because we had to go through Washington in the final game in the sectional, and they're a three A school, and we beat them. It was a tough game, but we beat them. So then you go to the regional, and you had to play Jasper in the final game in the regional. They're a three A school, and you know, we ended up beating them. So we go to the Center State. First team you play, Terre Haute North. They're a 4A school. I mean, this is all one class system. They're a 4A school. They're big. We were down most of the game. Uh, we come back late in the game. I think uh, David Strange and I, we were both sophomores. We come off the bench. I think he had four points. I had eight points that game and, you know, kind of helped us, you know, get it get it back in. We won that game. And then we go to the Simmons State uh, final game against Seymour. They're ranked number two in the state. They got a six eight kid in the middle. They got uh, Baron Hill at guard. You know who Baron Hill is, and uh, we we ended up blowing them out. I mean, uh, sixty to forty seven, something like that. I really can't remember the score, but I know we beat them pretty easily. Just you know, backdoor layups all night long, and it was just it was incredible. I mean, you know, the old Roberts Stadium in Evansville was just it was just nuts. Uh, Gibson Southern was there, Terre Haute North, us and Seymour, and at that night game. When we walked out and ran out on the floor through that curtain, everybody was cheering for Lagoti. That was crazy. Uh, and then uh, they all, after that, they called us the People's Choice when we got to the state. So then you go and you play Columbus North. They're a 4A school. You know, we played them in the afternoon game. I mean, it really wasn't even close. We beat them 50-27 or 50-25. I, I know it's, it was a 20-some point win. And uh, I do remember a friend of mine said that he was in the stands and uh, his dad was talking to a fan from Columbus. And that guy, he, he said he was watching us warm up. And he said, this is going to be a laugher. And that guy turned and looked at him and he says, you want to bet? And this guy goes, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, do you want to bet? He said, sure. He goes, here's $100. He goes, I'll let your son hold on to it. That guy held on to it. And the game was over. And he goes, how in the hell did you guys do that? That was so funny. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And of course, then you went. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. And then you then you win that and you go to the final game against Marion, another four A school and you know, it was just uh, it was a great atmosphere and we did make it close, cut it to six late in the game but just couldn't get over the hump and uh, you know, that was that was a heck of a ride. I tell you it was it was it was something to go from the sectional all the way to the state in the one class system and having three fourths of the state cheer for you. And, and and what was it like? What was your mindset or what were you thinking or do you still have memories today of, of going out on uh, the floor at Market Square Arena and uh, you know oh, yeah. and, and playing? What you know were you kind of were you kind of mesmerized for a little while or what you know did you get into it with the crowd or No, I mean honestly um, you know you're in high school you always have a routine. You know, you go out, you warm up, you go back in the locker room, the coach talks to you, and you come out. Well, when we go back in the locker room, for some reason at the start of the sectional, when we came back out after the coach talked to us, I was always the first one out. And 
what I would do is I'd go straight to the rim and shoot a layup, and I I never missed. Um, at the Market Square, I actually at Robert Stadium, if if you've ever been there, they had a great big curtain. It must have been 50 feet tall across the entrance to the tunnel where you went to the locker rooms. And I remember before we came out that night, I was kind of open the curtain and I peeked through, and all you could hear were fans yelling, butcher, butcher, open the door, let those lions on the floor. I'll never forget that. And it was just, it sent chills through my through my body. And I was just looking at that, smiling, and we ran out. It was the, that was probably the biggest roar I'd ever heard in my life at Robert Stadium. Now, Market Square, you know, holds, holds 18,000, 19,000 people. Uh, of course, you had three other teams there, and Lagodi was the only one cheering for Lagodi. It was a little different, but it was, it was still really neat to come out and do that. And uh, I, I can remember, but I'll never forget as long as I live how it sounded at Robert Stadium. It was just incredible. What was what was what was the whole team's attitude after you guys lost to Marion? Was was Coach Butcher still coaching, and there was still no basketball going on, or how how how, how did you guys feel after that? Well, I mean, actually, being caught up, being in the last two teams in the state, and and you know, being in that atmosphere, it it, it really uh, it probably didn't hit us for about a week or so, but. You know, even after we lost, we were happy, we were excited. You know, we got our back then. You got your rings right there on the floor, and you kind of just traded around to see which one fit. But um, it was uh, it was really neat, you know. And Coach Butcher uh, was probably in the prime of his coaching career, and you know, son Bill was playing, and um, we were excited because the following year we had a lot coming back. Uh, you know, we lo- we lost Bill; he was our main scorer, but we had a lot of scoring coming back. Um, you know, we had. Uh, four of the top six players coming back and and you know we we were looking forward to that and uh you know coach butcher he never stopped coaching i mean summertime uh if you think summer basketball was just going up down the floor you're crazy you know when you when you get thrown out of a summer basketball practice because you didn't work hard you know he means business <laughs> what were your last two years after going to the finals uh like at lagodi how what kind of success did you guys have uh the, the following year um i think we got we got as far as ranked sixth or seventh in the state uh, we were 16 and four going in the sectional we got we got beat in double overtime in the final game of the sectional my junior year by washington and they were pretty good uh, i think i think we ended up um i don't know 18 and five something like that my senior year uh we were 18 and one going in the sectional because we played in a tournament game and they didn't have a consolation game i think we were ranked eighth in the state um we we uh, won our first game. We were nineteen and one playing Washington. I think on I think it was a Friday night game if I remember right. And uh, they were they had Steve Bushy. They had uh, a couple other kids. John Brown about six four. Bushy was about six seven. I mean they were big. They were huge. And uh, we you know we, we had a really good team. Uh, David Strange and I were seniors and uh, our two top scorers. Uh, we were probably averaging close to sixty some points a game. And Honestly, you know, coach was known for the delay game, which is called butcher ball. We really didn't do a lot of that our senior year. We did it at the end of a quarter, you know, or maybe to to preserve the end of the game. Uh, but that night we came out and played delay from the opening tip. And I don't know if it threw us off guard or what, but it's one of those things where uh, you know it, it was it was a, it was a nip and tuck game. I think we got to be, believe it or not, twenty six twenty four. And uh, but the one thing that always sticks to my mind is the Washington Hatchets go to the regional and they lose to Northeast Dubois in the final game of the regional. And that really bothered me because we beat Dubois in the regular season, so that tells me we could have beat both of those teams. So that that, that kind of bothered me right when I graduated. 
so you know when you were playing high school basketball and you know we talked a little bit about uh, uh, going places and what your favorite places and le- you know right. least favorite places to play um, as a high school basketball player was there any uh, besides coach butcher was there any high school basketball coach that you were like you know I, I kind of like how he coaches he coaches well I may not like the team I may not like the gym you know I may not like that we lost to him but you know what I kind of respect that guy did you ever have any of that as, as a youngster while playing high school basketball well you know i don't remember a whole lot about other coaches because you know as a kid you're, you're focused on your team and your coach but i do remember one guy and, and i'm sure coach butcher can relate to this that they're still pretty good buddies that was uh at Barry, joe Todrank was a really really good coach and and if you put him and jack butcher together back in those days they kind of look alike they coached alike uh they had success coach Todrank was a fiery guy just like coach butcher uh, very respectful. He, you know, he was always very, very respectable to me, very nice to me. Even talked to him in later years, you know, at, at golf scrambles or coaches' clinics, stuff like that. Super guy. And if there was other, and any other guy that I'd want to play for besides Coach Butcher, it probably would have been Coach Todrank. And believe it or not, he was a Barry, so that says a lot about about his character <laughs> for me to say that. And uh, but I don't think Coach Butcher ever wore, wore white patent shoes while he coached, right? No, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, now he. I think Coach Butcher had a white belt every now and then, but not white shoes. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> or, tell, or a plaid jacket, yeah. Tell us a little bit about Coach Nante. Uh, probably one of the best junior varsity or, or you know, varsity assistant coaches you could ever want to have. Uh, he uh, he knew our system. Him and Coach Butcher coached for years together. And, uh, you know, there are many times when uh, uh, something would happen on the floor and, Coach Butcher would be, you know, focused on something, and Coach Nante would take me to the side and say this and this, or take whoever to the side and talk. And uh, very, very knowledgeable, um, you know, a big, a big part of our success. How well did you do? How well did you guys do in baseball? Oh well, with Coach Nante, very well. I mean, uh, I I played four years. Actually, started as a freshman, and uh, we won um, three sectionals out of my four years. Uh, one probably one of the biggest regrets we ever had was losing um, my sophomore year to uh, Worthington in, in the Bloomfield section. You know, Mark Riggins was pitcher. You know, Mark was you know is in the majors now as, as a pitching coach. He was the pitcher, and uh, we got beat two to one on a no hitter, and uh, probably should have won that one, and, and should and could have gone a long way. We had a really good pitching staff, but uh, ran into a tough pitcher from Worthington and got beat, but uh, had some great success. For, or in, in baseball, and uh, and uh, Coach Dante really knew his stuff. You know, besides going to Indiana State University for that first semester and trying out, was were there any uh, other prospects uh, for college basketball before you went to uh, ISU? Well, actually, um, no. I went there and tried out. After I set out, um, after I left at Christmas break, I actually enrolled at Franklin College. Uh, coach Steve Fisher was our freshman coach back in those days and he talked to the coach up there I was going to go to Franklin and play but I tell you what happened I went up there I enrolled and I got there it must have been on a Monday or Tuesday in a major snowstorm I just felt so out of place that I was there for a couple of days and I said I can't do this so I came home and uh, I worked for probably three or four months and then I got a hold of Coach Sandifar and then that following summer uh, Larry Henry and I another good teammate of mine that played Ligoti decided to go out and play in Virginia and uh, I was there for the next four years and I loved every minute of it so you're back you're you're coaching at Ligoti uh, what uh, uh, did you did you ever ever in your mind think that 
you, you would have a state championship team and a state championship ring on your finger? Well, not not right away. Um, you know, the biggest thing I wanted to do was to get in the system and start coaching. And uh, once I worked my way up to the JV level, I mean, it, it was it was basically understood that, you know, Jack couldn't coach forever. And then the last two or three years together when he was still coaching and I was the, his varsity assistant, um, he let me do a lot of decision making, you know, and, and coaching, and we talk a lot. And uh, it was—I I mean, I was allowed to get up off the bench and you know tell players certain things. Um, but when he retired and they decided to go with Coach Brett, it really—it didn't make me mad. It didn't bother me. But I was—I was, I was kind of you know let down a little bit, you know, by that. But I stayed on as Coach Brett's uh, varsity assistant and. Uh, you know, in 2005, we went back to the state. You know, on a, a big rebound basket in the, in the Simmons State by Bart Hill and Coach uh, Coach Brett. Uh, we got to the state and lost to uh, Lapel, I believe it was. And uh, so, basically, I was there as a player in '75 and an assistant coach in 2005, and then in 2012 as a varsity coach. But never did I ever dream that I would be a uh, state championship coach. It's something you always would, would like to do. You know, it's kind of like saying I never won the lottery. But I did, but you know I didn't. But that's something that you'd like to do, and then we we just got to the point where you know it just everything fell into place. You know, so you you take over the head coaching job. What's it uh-huh. like? What's it like taking over a job where a legend had been coaching? What what are the what are the first thoughts you have, or what you know what do you have to go through to kind of cope and be a, as as successful as you were in winning a state championship that you did? Well, I think when you first are announced as the head coach, immediately everybody thinks, well, I wonder if he's going to coach like Coach Butcher. I wonder if he's going to do this. I wonder if he's going to do that. And the very first thing we did as a group, we had, there's this thing called Meet the Coaches Night that we have at the no- local Knights of Columbus. And we had a pretty good crowd there. And I kind of introduced myself, although everybody knew who I was. And, and I talked about the team and talked about my philosophy. And I just I just basically told them, I said, you know, this this is this is Lagodian Lions basketball. I said this is not my team, this is not Coach Butcher's team. This is this is our team. And I said, yes, I'm going to do some things like Coach Butcher. I said I said, but yes, I have my own coaching style. And you know, I uh, I told him I said, you know, at any one point in the game, I'm going to put the five best players on the floor. I said I don't care what your name is, I don't care how much money you have, I don't care you know where you come from. Any given situation, you know, it depends on foul trouble or somebody's hurt or who's who's playing well that night. I said that's going to determine who's on the floor, and that's how I coached. And um, you know, I got criticized, and believe believe it or not, in our state finals run because if you get a player with two fouls in the first half, nine out of ten coaches set them out because they're afraid they're going to get the third foul. I wasn't like that. I always told my players, and I believe they were smart enough. Don't be stupid and get your third foul. I did it with Brian Ackerman. I don't know how many times I did it with Connor Whitmer all the way through our state tournament run. Now, there was a point where I had to take one out because he had three fouls, but it, it didn't happen very often. And I can remember uh, my radio partner, Greg Bakeman, always saying on the radio, well, it's like Coach Wagner's going to roll the dice. I mean, that's just how I coach. <laughs> and uh, 95% of the time, it worked. Uh, I mean, I'll give you a case in point. In the, in the first game of the regional in 2012, Brian Ackerman had two fouls in the first quarter. So I, I did take him out a little bit, put him back in on the offensive end. Right at the end of the first quarter, we had the ball in a dead ball situation. So I put him in. We go to our delay. He gets a layup on the on the baseline, gets fouled, gets a three-point play with two seconds to go, hits free throw. I take him out on defense, and it worked. 
second quarter, okay, uh, he comes in and you know he he, he does his thing and he, he's just he's just incredible. He's a smart player. He's the only player I've ever seen, and this happened. Um, I think it happened in the uh, first game. They hit a, a last second shot at the end of the first three quarters. Every quarter. I mean, most kids wish they could hit one in their lifetime. He hit three in one game at the end of each quarter, and that's just incredible. That's just a, you know a compliment to him as a player and how smart he is. And I and I never had a problem with playing kids in foul trouble. And, and, and you know, a lot of coaches don't do that, and that was just my style. You know, when you uh, first started, we first started chatting about that. I, I, I pictured Norman Dale at the barber shop in Hoosiers when you were telling me how you were going to. Oh t- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, as you know, we we had that right before that season. We had a big board meeting, you know, and there there were some disgruntled people in town, and and they thought that I wasn't doing the job, and you know, it's kind of ironic because if you look at it, the first year after Coach Brett left, I mean, he you know he had a really bad year. His last year was four and eighteen, but. We were 12-9 after going 4-0 and the first four games. Got beat, of course, by uh, North Davis in the sectional, or Barium, I'm sorry. And then the next year we go 16-5, and which still isn't good enough because we didn't win the sectional. I understood that. Third year, we're in the sectional. We're 17-4. and and Get beat on a last-second putback, okay? So we didn't win. Now, you know, everybody's like, well, you can't win the big one, you know. We need to get a new coach and all that. It actually... You know, you, you probably heard about it or seen it. We had a big board meeting. But, you know, it all worked out. You know, we stayed there. And then uh, that next year, you know, we win, we win the, the whole kit caboodle. And <laughs> that kind of just uh, made me feel a little bit better about it. And, and, and take us through that. What, what was that like to, 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 to win that state title? And, and, and what did, you know, what, what were your memories from that? Or what do you take away from that? Well, the, the biggest memory that I, can rem- that I can take a feel for is, it's just the whole atmosphere from the time the sectional started all the way to the final game. I remember the sectional draw came out. Of course, you know it's always big about who you got to play and all that. And and it came out, and uh, of course we get a bye and have to play the winner of Bar Even, whoever, on a Friday night. We were all excited because we wanted to play Bar Even. We lost him in the regular season, 50 to 47, and should have won. It was a home game. We should have won that one. So we were excited. We come out, kind of struggled early, but we got that win and. You know, beating Barry was great, but you know now we beat Barry. We're looking forward to playing North Davis on Saturday night in the finals because they'd beaten us the year before on a last-second shot. Well, lo and behold, their best players hurt. Schultz knocks them off, so now you got a battle of Martin County in the final game. So uh, I was pretty optimistic going in because we'd beaten Schultz pretty handily early on, and you know when we won that game, the night of the sectional finals, I, it was it was it hit me that we had won the sectional, something that I'd been criticized for for years and I really I I had to go back to the locker room and just sit and think you know and and I kind of lost it for a minute there and you know and I teared up a little bit I knew they were celebrating on the floor they didn't need me for that so they were out there taking pictures so I finally went back out and then I got a hold of Greg Bakeman he wanted to know where I went I said well I just had to go compose myself because now now the reality hits that we got we got a chance to really go go places because you play the regional on your home floor my whole focus, even even at that moment, was getting ready for the regional because we got two games coming on our home floor, and that was exciting uh, to do that. And getting to the regional, I mean, you knew the gym was going to be packed. It was just a crazy atmosphere. Uh, we played a very good Evansville Day School in the first game on the morning, and they were really good. We got 14 to five right off the bat, but came back and and beat them by eight or nine. And then the final game, we had a chance to get some more revenge. We played Orleans beating us early in the year because we had a couple of kids that wanted to have mono and we looked forward to that one and 
we just come out like the house on fire that night and beat them pretty easily. And then, you know, of course, in the center state, everybody's like happy, you know, and, you know, if we win it, fine. If we don't, at least we got there. That, but that wasn't my thinking because we would always watch tape of the team we're going to play uh, the following Monday after we won the tournament. And we were watching uh, Edinburgh play. And I sat there and we thought my house, all our coaches, and I told my assistant coach, Dave Smith, and I said, look, I said, boys, we're going to the state. He looked at me and he goes, are you crazy? Because <laughs> they had a 6 day kid and they had a guard just as good as Brian Ackerman. But what I could see on the floor was they were going to have a hard time guarding us man-to-man. And they like to get up and down the floor. And if we have to, we can slow it down. Well, they made a mistake. They got up three or four points in the, early in the fourth quarter, and they started holding the ball, which they're not used to. And they made mistakes. They missed shots. We come down, and you know, we ended up scoring the last 16 points of the game. Uh, uh, Co- what, what was Coach Wagner's uh, relationship with officials? How how did were you uh, th- did they treat you pretty kindly, or how did you how did you handle bad calls? Well, actually, I think I, I I think I had a really good rapport with officials. I knew most of them by first name. There were a few I didn't know, but uh, I think that when they looked at me on the sidelines, they just they just kind of went, "Phew, I feel better." Coach Butcher's not over there, you know. He's not going to be breathing <laughs> down my neck, you know. But, uh, I mean, I've, I've gone on them before and, and, and said things, but you know, I, I just I just never really rant and rave like a lot of coaches. I'm not saying Coach Butcher did that, but he had a way of staring at him to get their attention and stuff like that. But uh, I, I had a pretty good rapport. I remember after every game, win or lose, I would always go up to him and tell him, great job, because, you know, I officiate some now a little bit on and off, you know, great school games, and I have a really good appreciation for what officials have to go through. And uh, I, I do. I, I, I enjoyed the rapport. Uh, I remember, especially after the semi-state game, we when we won, um, I knew the officials pretty well. I knew two of them, and we were in the uh, hospitality room, and they came in there and shook my hand. He goes, "You know what?" He goes, "I am really happy to see you win this." He says, "You deserve this," and I, you know, I really, I really felt good about that, and it was, it was a neat thing to hear from an official. Uh, coach, uh, during your whole career, did did you have the opportunity to coach at other places, but you you felt loyal to uh, staying in the Lagodi area? No, I really didn't, and I and I didn't look. I didn't look to go anywhere else. Um, you know, like I said, my senior year in high school, I knew exactly where I wanted to go and exactly what I wanted to do. You know, uh, get married, you know, and 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 have my kids live here. They all graduated here. They all played sports here. Uh, you know. My wife and I both taught here for years. Uh, I retired two years ago. She's ready to retire here pretty soon. Uh, I I just enjoyed the atmosphere of being here. You know, most people would think like, "Well, you're crazy. Get away from that town." I I, I just wasn't like that. You know. Uh, now my kids are a little bit different. You know, I have a son that lives in Washington D.C. and I have a daughter who travels all over the place in in her work. And my other two daughters live in Bloomington, so they're not around. But uh, it's just one of those things where I never really looked. Uh, you know, after I retired here and, and got out in, in 2014, I did go help uh, Mark Rohr at South Knox. Uh, I remember Mark from high school. He was a really good coach. I enjoyed that. Um, I did that for a year. I had a daughter cheered cheer about you, so I kind of got away from that so I can go watch a little bit of that. But it's just something that I've always wanted to do and never really looked to go anywhere else. Um, so, so, so what? You know, you, you you still teach, right? You substitute, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty busy for a retired guy. <laughs> yeah, and is do you still when you go through town or you're in the halls at school or you're you're out and about? Is Lagodi kind of a Mayberryish? 
Um, yeah, I mean, you're going to know everybody. If you've lived here long enough, you know everybody. Uh, they know they know who you are. They, I mean, you know, they know where you're going to hang out. You know, in Mayberry, they hang out at the barbershop. Well, at Lagoya, they hang out at the Dairy Master, or they hang out at the Corner Cafe. You know, all the, uh, what we call the uh, coaches' corners, you know, <laughs> where they hang out and talk about things. Uh, kind of like the barbershop and, and Hoosiers. But anyway, you know everybody, and, you know, I get a kick because when I go to school, and if I sub a couple of three days in a row, whatever, a lot of the kids are still there. Will call me coach. Uh, a lot of the teachers still call me coach, and uh, I'll go and I'll scout sometimes for uh, for other coaches, and I scout for Mark a little bit every now and then. Mark Roar, and he'll he'll call me coach. The people there will call me coach. How you doing? I mean, that's that's really neat to hear, and I and I enjoy hearing that. Do you miss coaching the game? Do you miss being a head coach? Um, I I do, and I don't. I I miss. I miss being on the floor and, and, and having your team be successful and the practices and getting things accomplished. I don't miss what's behind the scenes these days, you know, dealing with AAU and, and sometimes dealing with parents that don't realize that, you know, their little Johnny, just he's just not making it. You know, that's why he's not playing uh, anymore. It seems like uh, parents go over your head and go to school boards or go to administrators, you know, and then just causes all kinds of havoc. But I don't miss that part. I miss I do miss the atmosphere of being in the locker room and, and talking to kids and watching them be successful. Uh, I, I think they'll help and do do radio with Greg Bakeman, who to me is one of the best radio announcers in, in the whole state of Indiana, by the way. It, it helps me because I'm still involved in the game. Uh, Greg's really, really good about uh, what he sees on the floor, and he'll ask me my opinion on things, and it's a lot of fun. And, and Dave Smith and I, assistant coach, we do a lot of radio together for baseball, softball, and basketball. So it's, it keeps me in the game. And, keep me around it and that's that's the way I get through you know missing that part of the game do you think the high school game today do you think it will still progress and be as strong as it was is it is it it is what it is or you know can you compare a little bit of class basketball versus you know um, well it's it, it, like I like you just said it is what it is and we have no control over the rules that are going to be changed you know I just heard a coach talk the other day on the radio about want to put in the shot clock i mean well that's good that's all good and done but you know you're going to have kids taking bad shots and they already they already do take bad shots in the high school level but now you're going to have kids taking even worse shots if you have a, a clock and that's that's a lot of coaches that don't like teams that come out and you know work for a shot or use a little bit of delay game because they're not as big as other schools but you know like i said a while ago all the way through the tournament in 1975 we played 3a and 4a schools and had a lot of success but I think I think the approach these days, uh, because of class basketball as a coach, is a little bit different. Uh, you prepare for teams that are just your level only, and you know you don't prepare for the Jaspers and the, and the Washington and the Columbus Norths and the Steamers because you don't play it anymore. So in, in that respect, it's it's changed. Um, is it for the better? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, in this day and age where everybody gets a trophy, it's kind of sad because you're not teaching them, you know, to be. Uh, a graceful winner and you know even a graceful loser and then learn and say hey i lost i'm gonna work harder tomorrow you know uh everybody gets a trophy and everybody feels good about themselves and they and they try to say that's that's the way it is with the four state champions I, and i really don't buy that because you still have to go through all the trials and tribulations of getting to the final game uh everything that comes away you still have to work hard and you still have to accomplish that and for me uh, you know these players that won 2012. That that's just something they're gonna they're gonna you know have in their life as long as they live. And you know we had a five year reunion last year, and 
Uh, everybody came back and had a great time talking about it. We watched the two games, the Summer State and the Final in the State, and just it just is a lot of fun. You know, great night. A lot of people showed up, and and those things are what special. Uh, and how did you get into the? Um, so do you are you uh, like a play by play with the radio uh, gig? How's how well, how did that start, and how does that work? Well, Greg Greg's a play by play. I'm just a killer guy. I sit there and make make uh, remarks, good or bad, funny or not, you know, and, and talk about the game. But we have a lot of fun. I just started doing that as soon as I got out. Uh, they needed some help, so I said, "Yeah, what the heck," you know, and. We do a lot of girls' games. We do the boys' games. Uh, we also we even do volleyball games here at Lagoa because that's how big volleyball is around here. And uh, we do baseball and softball. Have a lot of fun. It, it, it keeps me in the game. You know, I really miss baseball too. I coached that for 20 years. And um, when I got out to coach varsity basketball, that really hit me hard. I, I missed it. And the first time back in the booth doing a baseball game that spring kind of helped because I could you know I just kind of watch the game and talk about baseball. And that helped out a lot too, because I really enjoy coaching baseball. But uh, radio is fun; it, it just it keeps you involved in the game, and, and it keeps you around the kids. Well, Coach Wagner, uh, 2012 state champion, uh, state championship coach, uh, just years and years and years in basketball in the Lagodi area. Thank you so much for taking some time, and uh, uh, appreciate you sharing your memories. And uh, I think everyone will enjoy this. Well, I appreciate that too, and I like I said, I, I appreciate what you're doing because. You're really keeping the old, uh, the old school basketball nostalgia alive because everybody around here, you know how Southern Indiana is. You know they live and they live and die with basketball around here, and it's it's really neat that that we can have these things and talk about it. And uh, I, I appreciate you giving me a call, Phil.